0: Hey friends, before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to pop in here to let you know about a little something that I'm cooking up in my cauldron behind the scenes. So as you know, I'm a midlife woman and a mom who's also an empath. If you've been listening to the episode, you all know these things. But for those who don't, yes, I am all those things. But because of that and how I am being, a lot of people have been asking me how I've been able to stop energy drain, because I used to have a lot of that, to deal with overwhelm to hold really strong boundaries and sustain this high energy. So I'm putting together a small group coaching program to show a select few how I have done it and to teach you how to do it too. So in four weeks, we'll get together once a week online for some group coaching where I'll show you how to build and hold strong boundaries to stop the overwhelm so that you can get clarity on creating the best second chapter of your life. I know in midlife, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of upheaval. Things aren't you thought they might be. So that's what this group coaching is gonna be all about. I'm looking for just six people to be founding members to join me live in the process of building this program with me. The benefit is that this group's gonna be intimate so you can really get hands-on coaching for your specific challenges. Now, because it's a pilot program, I'm offering it at half of what it's going to be once I do officially launch it, but you need to get in on the inside scoop list. So email me at leslieann at com. That's leslieann, L-E-S-L-I-E-A-N-N at Surya Gyan, so that's spelled S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N dot com to get more information and to get in on the container because these six spots are gonna get taken up quick. So hop on in as soon as you can. We're gonna start this program real soon. And now on with the episode. <laughs> Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobion, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with The Grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, you're feeling good and groovy. And if not, you can change that and just pause, take a deep breath in. feel that fresh life force coming into the body and then let it all out. There are miracles in a deep breath, my friends, let me tell you. Okay. So, I wanted to kick off this episode by letting you know that this is part 1 of a four-part series called Journey to Thrive. And in the next four episodes, what I'll be doing is talking a little bit about the four stages or phases that you can do in order to move out of survival mode and into creating a life in which you thrive. Um Now, these phases or stages are coming at you in a particular order, but they're this this progression, this spiritual journey, this healing journey is not linear. So as you listen to the four episodes, just keep in mind that these can happen at any point in any given time. And really what I'm doing is just sharing with you um, some of the things to be aware of as you work towards moving out of that perpetual survival mode, because our sympathetic nervous system can't sustain that. I mean, it does, but then... It shows up in various diseases of the body. If you look at the word disease, it's dis-ease, right? And so it means that our body is out of ease, out of alignment. Um, So yeah, so four episodes to uh, get you going on your journey to thrive. But we will begin our episode as we always do with a card. Today I'm pulling from the Oracle deck, the Starseed Oracle deck. And let's see what we have here today's card is called the courageous peony. And I feel like I've, I've drawn this card before. It's multifaceted, unique nature, let yourself be seen. And so this is an invitation for you to step into the light, to come out of the shadows and to really own who you are and who you're being. Um Let me read the guidebook. Flowers don't open and close according to who walks by. They embrace all of what they are and show it to the world around them. Mm-hmm. The peony doesn't try to compete with the cherry blossom and the cherry blossom doesn't try to compete with the tulip. They own what they are and trust the timing of their true nature. You are being called to do the same. It's time to open yourself up to being seen, time to share your incredible multifaceted true nature with the world around you, to discover and reveal your soul's greatest gifts without wavering, to own your uniqueness without apology. There's a flower on this planet that holds the same qualities that your soul is readying itself to express. Let it inform you. Mm, Go out and find that flower that you resonate with, and perhaps you can find ways to be that are supportive. It's like, okay, who am I being and how and why? And so let's see, what flower do do I most connect with? And actually for me, peonies are one of my favorite flowers and they are unapologetic because they start out these, these tight sm- balls, right? These really tight buds. And then when they bloom, it's like this big, Of petals so many petals so much bigness so much large like flower face and saying basically hey look at me look at how fragrant I am look at how many petals I have so much abundance in a peony Um, anyway you may have been taught that it is safer to keep your light hidden and your voice small this is true and I'm talking to all y'all who are children of immigrants to hide behind the bushes instead of growing tall. Mm-hmm. The Courageous Peony is here to remind you that it's safe to embody all of who you truly are. It's safe to share your voice and let yourself be seen. At first, it may feel uncomfortable and you may be afraid of what others think, but with each passing day, it does become easier. Little by little, you realize that it draws in those who are meant for you and experiences you've been longing for to arrive at your feet. And here's the star seed soul inquiry from the guidebook. How are you being called to allow yourself to be more visible and seen in the world? Now, I'm going to tell you that this card is coming at such divine time because I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day, uh, just the day before recording this, that uh, one of my fears and yes, confession time, my friends, I also have fears uh, but first, let me preface this by saying fear has, um, a lot of people have converted the word fear into acronyms. And um, and there's a few, and I can't recall any of them except the one that I totally love. I heard it on the radio um, randomly. Of course, there's no such thing as random, but I heard it on the radio and I loved it so much that I just, I got to share it with you. And it keeps, it helps keep me grounded in, um, facing my fear in, in feeling the fear and just moving forward, um, with it as a friend. And so fear stands for feel everything and rise. So it's be in the moment, be in the feelings, feel the feels, feel the fear, and then rise above it or use it as information to help propel you above the fear, because the fear is information. The fear tells you what feels uncomfortable, what could possibly be a growth moment. Yes, there is fear that activates as a protection um, mechanism, but often our protection mechanism goes into overdrive and prevents us from growing, prevents us from seeing what's beyond our bubble of knowledge prevents us from going beyond what we know. And so if we can take fear and if we can feel everything and then rise, we can create opportunities for our spiritual evolution, for our growth and so much goodness for that. Um, so this card is calling for visibility, right? And so with that, I know for myself, Visibility is leaving yourself open and vulnerable to people who don't necessarily agree with you, to people who um, get activated by what you say and who you're being. And first, let me say, those folks are not your people. And yeah, it's easy for me to say that, but it's it's something to keep in mind. When people are responding to you in ways that, that feel activating for you, that feel uncomfortable, it's, I'll, I'll say right now that the people pleaser in me, that would be the default. that would be like, oh, they're mad at me. Or I'm, I said something offensive or, oh, let me, let me accommodate to like, to, to make them comfortable. You know, something I said, oh, let me apologize for that. Ooh, they don't like the way I'm doing that. All right, let me find out how they want me to do it. And so, people pleasing is actually one of the four F responses when it comes to um, the, the sympathetic nervous system, and I will talk about that in um, in part two of this of this series. But um, what happens is that you, when, with people pleasing, you then shrink yourself, you hide your light, you prevent people from really receiving the gift of who you are. And I want to say that who you are is a gift. It is a gift. So that said, visibility is about sharing who you are being with the world because who you are being is a gift. Now, when folks see me, right, the gift is them seeing what's possible, seeing how someone like me, a child of immigrant parents can heal childhood trauma, heal ancestral and intergenerational trauma. Build nervous system resilience and thrive to move out of survival mode into creating a life that I love, a life where I feel open, expansive. You know, I am not shrinking, but I will say I am not impervious to those moments of shrinking. (laughs) You know, I am a work in progress, as we all are. And I want to say first, there is no such thing as a finished product. We are using this lifetime to continue to evolve. And so knowing that, knowing that there is no finish line, right, can be liberating. If you know that you are going to continue to evolve and progress, but there's no, there's no goal. There's no like end, there's no completion until you die. Um, then you can just keep going, keep making mistakes, keep learning, keep evolving. And so, um, I am a work in progress and so I'm not impervious to the hiding, <laughs> I will say that there are moments when I'm like, "Ooh, do I really want to do that? You know, I feel I feel being I'm being called to say something or to express myself in a certain way. And the ego is like, "Mm, do we really want to put ourselves out there like that? That feels really vulnerable. That feels naked. And mm, I don't I don't know. The the vultures will come after me. The trolls on the Internet will come after me. And and then what? You know, I can I don't know if I could take that. So I have those thoughts that come in, those stories that keep popping up. And those are moments. Those are stories that I am working on healing. Now with visibility, yes, there is, um, opening yourself up to attack, depending on what you say, right? You might say something that feels really bold and you're like, Ooh, people are going to love it. And people are going to hate it. Actually, that's what you want to do. You want to be clear about who you are being. You know, I was thinking, I'm thinking about, um, Hamilton, the musical, and one of the characters, Aaron Burr, for those who are not familiar, he doesn't pick any sides. He doesn't make a stand for anything. You know, one of the famous lines that I, just gets stuck in my head that Hamilton says to Burr is, if you don't, if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Right? So... Playing it safe is never a good idea because you don't grow. You stay stuck. You stay stuck where you are. And what's the point then of being here on this planet, right? It's all about growth and evolution. We got to look at the big picture, right? So I want to share with you um, one of the things that I feel fear about that I discovered yesterday. And that is being very clear about my opinions on things. Um, Let's see, for example, putting myself out there as I do now, I am working to help second generation women of color heal, to move out of survival mode and to shift into thriving, into really creating like the best life ever. Now, what I have experienced in the past is when I get specific, people come after me. And when I shifted my focus to second generation women, I had a man come on to my social media post and he said, well, what about us men? What about us men from the diaspora? And I was like, "Mm, well, maybe you could do, you could do that. You could take care of that. (laughs) You know, I can't serve everybody. Um, So there's, there's that. But then there's the opposite where folks can come to me and say, well, who do you think you are? Like, who are you to be doing this kind of work? So I'll give two examples. One example is I had some white women come for me and I was like, "Mm -mm, you ain't coming for me. You know, I spoke about this in a previous episode where I I shared a post offering to help women of color, you know, heal traumas. Um, and I had some white women come and post a comment and say, well, you know, what are your credentials? Who are you? Dealing with trauma is a very sensitive thing, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh, here I go again, having to prove myself to white women. Notice no... No women of color actually questioned that. They were all like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. You know, I want I want to learn about this or I want to be part of this. But then it's the white women they are like, well, let me see your certifications. And this is part of systemic racism. This is part of the structure that folks of color live in is that we constantly have to prove ourselves. We have to get all the certifications. And then you wonder why folks of color never actually get their, their stuff off the ground, their businesses, their offers, their creative work. It's because the system is teaching us that we're not good enough, that we need to create um, credentials that will validate the work that we do instead of allowing for us to trust that our work is valid as is. So, yeah. So I just, you know, handed them their butts. (laughs) I gave them my certifications and I was like, listen. And then, then I called them out on their racist shit because I said, Now, if I were a white woman, would you be asking me for my credentials? I don't think so. So just note that this is part of the system that you're buying into by asking a woman of color for her, for her degrees. And they shut up. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. And that was okay. You know, I felt strong and empowered in that visibility now, but this next example is one that feels a little more delicate, a little more sensitive. And um, what happened was I was offering yoga classes for BIPOCs, right? And I specifically use the term BIPOC. It's Black Indigenous People of Color. That's this new term that they started throwing around after George Floyd was murdered. And different people have different interpretations of what that term means. And so I took it to mean, I'm going to include all people of color in, in this offering that I'm making. Um, and I'm going to use the term BIPOC because for me, it felt like we are going to presence black folks, you know, and, and indigenous folks by naming them specifically in this acronym. Right. And so I was like, yeah, BIPOC, for yogi yoga for bipocs only you know and as i was promoting that i had a friend who um who asked me about it I had, she's a black woman and she said you know why why are you um offering classes for bipocs and i was like well because i want to help people of color <laughs> you know but she she was asking me this question because she had understood the acronym to be a replacement for the word black. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that, you know? And so this whole time I'm thinking, all right, well, if there are people out there that think that BIPOC is a replacement for the word black, and they see this Asian woman offering classes for like yoga classes just for black people, they might be like, well, who the hell does she think she is? You know? And and I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know. So, um, so I shifted, I shifted my messaging a bit and, and tweaked it so that it was clear that it was for all folks of color. Um, but it got me thinking about this question of, well, who do you think you are as an Asian woman to offer healing and, um, and, you know, support for black women? You have no idea what our, um what our journey is like and i don't and i never claim to i never claim to um but what's interesting is that i am constantly aware now of what i say and how i say it because i don't want to claim that i speak for anyone um that i am trying to help anyone who you know unless someone wants my help and and so I'm just, it's just so interesting to see the dynamics of how people respond to the work that I am doing. Um, I had, uh, seen a a social media post by, uh, the account, the nap ministry, and, um, she had posted something last week that activated me a little bit. And I was, and I paused before I left a comment because I'm, I've been practicing a lot on allowing for my reaction to move through my body and then create some distance and then allow for a clear response to come through. So she had posted something about the acronym BIPOC and POC, and she said, you know, Basically y'all stop using those because you are erasing that, you know, when you, when you mean black, say black, because you're erasing us, you know, and I I don't remember the exact wording of it, but the message was, if you're going to use those acronyms, then stop using them because you're erasing black folks. And my re- reaction was like, well, no, no, no. Those acronyms are not just for black folks. It is for other folks of color who are also part of the marginalized communities. And I was like, what? Like I felt really, um, I felt activated because I felt erased. Here was a black woman saying to the larger community, whoever her audience is, white folks included, you know, stop erasing me. Because, you know, st- just say Black. Black is not a word that should be difficult to say. And, and I got her message. I understood that. But by, by her saying, you know, stop using those acronyms, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. By calling people and telling them to not use those acronyms erases the rest of us. You know, it was just like, I was like, wait a minute. You know, and I I didn't leave a comment because I was like, mm, I'm, I'm going to sit with that for a second. And then I thought of it. Um, I remembered it a few days later. I went to revisit the post and she had revised it. She had changed her wording on the post and she said, don't talk about don't use these acronyms when acronyms when talking about my work you know, say black when you're talking about my work. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, good. She revised it. And I, and I was curious to see if anyone said anything to the comments because she then disabled comments for that specific post. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so my my fear, all this to say is that my fear is, is dissipating. I'll say that. But the fear is um, being called out on excluding people on um trying to be somebody i'm not um all these all these lies though because i don't do that you know i don't do those things but that's a fear that my ego is is making up you know my my ego jake is making up some stories to prevent me from growing to prevent me from really expanding and stepping into who i am fully being right i know who i'm being but There are these little, little threads, these invisible threads, these little stories that have been ingrained and embedded in my subconscious that I'm still entangling, you know, and you can't necessarily know what's in the subconscious until something confronting pops up and you're like, oh, mm, I'm activated. Let's take a look at that, (laughs) you know? So, um, so yeah, so just, just sharing this with you so that you can understand or maybe feel into what's holding you back, like taking a look at your fear and seeing, all right, well, what is here, you know? So for me, as I say these things, as I say like, you know, I'm afraid people are gonna come, come get me and come after me because I'm not being inclusive. Well, you know what, that's not true because I am. You know, my message might not be for you and so it's not for you, it's not be, I'm excluding you, it's I'm calling in specific people. If you want to be part of it, cool. Talk to me. We will figure it out. I'm not saying, you know, second generation of second generation women of color only. No one else can come in. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm calling y'all out specifically to come in. And if there are folks who are not in that specific demographic in, in that audience, that's okay. Why you come in anyway and talk to me and we'll figure something out. I can help all people you know, but I gotta, I gotta call in the people who need the help the most, at least as far as my work is concerned. And then the fear of speaking for somebody, I don't do that. You know, I don't speak on behalf of a a group of people that I don't know nothing about. I don't have a lived experience, you know? Um, So yeah, so Jake just likes making all these lies. (laughs) And by speaking them out loud, I am able to neutralize them and see that for what it is, a lie, and to let it go. And so that brings me to the theme for this episode, which is like, you know, so long-winded, right? I gave you all these stories, but the theme for this part, part one of our four-part series for Journey to Thrive. First one, release. Release old wounds, release trauma, release patterns or behaviors that don't serve you release the old stories that are holding you back. You know, the story about exclusion, the story about, you know, are you speaking for black women? Are you speaking for black folks? That, that comes way, way, way back to my childhood and my upbringing around who belongs and who doesn't belong, who gets to be at the table and who doesn't, you know, And it's just so, it's so interesting to see how that same story is emerging now in different words, in different, in different ways, but the essence is still there. And so that's why healing and shifting out of survival mode is such deep, lifelong work and releasing the old stories, releasing the old subconscious habits and patterns that keep you stuck, that keep you sort of heavy in who you're being. Those are the things that need to be let go. You know, those need to be set free and released out of your beingness, out of your aura, out of your energy field. Otherwise, you just stay stuck. You stay stuck in the same pattern over and over again. And then you're like, why am I still here? Why do I keep dating the same guy? Why do I keep responding and reacting to the news, even though it's a different topic, but it's not a different topic really. But I still get activated. I still get into like overdrive on the nervous system where then I'm knocked out for days and I can't function. It's because... The old patterns, the old habits, the old ways of being are still rooted in you. And it's now time to release that, to really just let it go, to create space for the things that you really want, for movement, for growth, for evolution. That's how you go on this journey to thrive. And how do you do that? Well, isn't that the million dollar question? right? It takes a lot of work, a lot of subconscious work, a lot of deep, deep inquiry, looking at the places deep down within that you thought were gone. You know, the stuff that you shoved down somewhere in some box in a corner of a dark part of your beingness, it's there still. And there are ways to do that, you know, to, to bring it up to the surface and let it go. And then to rewrite your story, to rewrite your beliefs. It's a process, but it is possible. I did it. You know, I did it and I feel like a million bucks. I feel like a brand new person. And I want to say that I did it. um, I mean, I've been on this healing journey for most of my life. But the real tectonic shifts happened probably in the last two, three years. Amazing, amazing stuff. And so, yeah, if you are interested in learning more about that, how to do it, reach out. Because I got all the tools that I'd love to share with you. I'm actually starting up a program for um, second generation women of color to go on this journey to thrive. So... Why don't you hop on into my inbox and I can send you all the details about what's coming next. But in the meantime, I leave you with that to think about, to examine, to really look at what it is that you're afraid of. What are the fears that are holding you back and are they valid? Speak them out loud and say, hmm, is this true? Is it really true? Do I resonate with that? Does it feel like a truth or is is that something that may not be true? Okay, my friends. So we're going to close this episode and then we've got, uh, you know, three more for this four part series. And I will leave you with a card, <laughs> which I've drawn again. You know, the same cards keep popping up and I'm wondering what what is going on out there. I mean... I know, but, but man, okay. I got the message cards. I got the message. So, so today's card is forge. Don't follow. And so to forge means to create the path, right? Pave a new path, be the leader you wish you had. And, um, I know, for example, Toni Morrison is famously quoted as saying, Write the book you wish you could read. I love that because that's what keeps me going with my writing. You know, I mean, there's like start and stop, stall, start, stop, you know, all those kinds of things. But I keep focusing on that. It's like, you know, I did not have any books that represented who I was. And I now want to write those books for the kids that are, you know, or even the adults who need to see themselves in a book because representation matters. Um, So here's what the guidebook says. If you wait until the path is perfectly paved, you won't be forging your own path and you'll likely not even take the first step. Don't let a small detail like being unable to follow, to find someone to show you the way be the reason you don't step forward and lead. Let it be the reason that you do. The most courageous and needed leaders are the ones who don't wait for permission or until the morning they wake up feeling ready. They take a deep breath uh-huh. Deep breath. Put one foot in front of the other and figure it out as they go. They don't wait for someone to lead them. They lead themselves. This is a card for leaders. You are here to pave a path that hasn't been walked before. Mm-hmm. To go first and lead the way for others who are calling you in. If you feel me- re- misrepresented in the media, step forward for all those who feel misrepresented. Uh, Hello, I think I'm doing that. (laughs) If no one's speaking out on the topics you feel passionate about, then share your unique voice. There's no one on earth who comes close to possessing your unique combination of skills, gifts, and life experience. I'll tell you that three times. There's only one of you, not just because of what you know, but because of your life experiences. And those combine equal, you know, a singular, unique individual. I'm saying, I'm saying So come out of the, come out of the shadows, come out of the hiding. Um, don't look to those who have come before you to work out your path. Leaders much must forge their own. That's kind of scary because it's like, okay, I don't have a map. And which way do I go? Hmm. Look to the sun, the moon and the stars and your divine knowing, your divine guidance system, your intuition. So. Let's see, where did I leave off? Oh, do it for your daughter. Do it for the younger you. Do it for the leaders who will follow. When you go first, you make it easier for others to follow your lead. Forge, don't follow. And here is your soul inquiry. How are you being called to forge rather than follow? How can you be the leader you wish you had? Ooh, so many good questions, my friends. Ooh, that's some good stuff. All right, so stay tuned for the next installment of our four part series for Journey to Thrive. And if you have any questions or you want to hear more about this cool, amazing program to help you evolve and move out of survival mode into thriving, drop an email Leslie Ann at suriagian.com. That is S U R Y A G I A N. .com. And just, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven day meditative challenge, joy and chaos by signing up for my newsletter which will be more light to your inbox go to SuryaGeon.com slash subscribe